Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 62 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, we have made it through January. We are into February of 2022. The year is one twelfth of the way over. Uh, how are you feeling? How, how is your winter going? Uh, are you hibernating? Are you watching movies? Uh, how, how was January? January was long. January was cold. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. January was great. Uh, in some ways, because I did get to watch a lot of movies that I think are going to hit our Oscar uh, list for the year, which is really important mm-hmm. because I want to not have to watch 67 films <laughs> in this time, uh, you know, in a month. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, but it's it has we actually had snow a couple of times where we yeah. live, which is unheard of. Uh so, yeah, we went we went three weekends in a row where we had to snow like accumulate on the ground. Now, uh, uh, you're you were born in Montana. I was born in Ohio. I uh, spent some time in upstate New York. So like it's a laughable amount of snow that we got. Um, but nonetheless, there was snow. There was sledding. Uh, I saw a kid build a snowman in the neighborhood. Uh, and that was nice. I think he used all of like every flake of snow that was in the yard to put this right, thing together. Right. But yeah, you know, to build a snowman, you need a very special type of snow, I feel like. Um, mm. There wasn't yeah. enough snow on the ground for us to do like a snowball fight or snowman, but we made snow angels. That was okay. awesome. And of course, my son did not let the minuscule amount of snow stop him from sledding down our backyard hill. So that mm. was cool. Um, I love snow when it's like a day or two and then it goes away. You know, I, I left Montana yeah. at the age where uh, I didn't ever have to snow plow or snow blow or, you know, uh, use a shovel or, you know, use one of those ice pack things to like uh, scrape out your car and oh, keep yeah. the car doors from sealing shut. <laughs> Apparently that's like a thing. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a, that's um, a thing. Yeah. I didn't ever have to plug in my car so that it wouldn't freeze to death. Like literally the antifreeze would freeze or something. I never had to do that. So, you know, for me, it's very idyllic, romantic, snowy time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, if you don't have to, if you're not dealing with it, like getting to work and to school and things, it's, it's much, it's much better to just look at it, to make yourself a hot chocolate, like from our Polar Express episode. Um, enjoy that. Have a fire if, if you can, uh, if you can do that uh, and enjoy the weather. But, but that's not what we're, we're doing today. We are into February. We are trying to get ahead of these Oscar picks. And we have one coming up that's getting a lot of buzz and we're excited to talk about it. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back to mix up our cocktail for this week and get into that. Stop the clock, make a drink. Make sure (laughs) that it has some tequila in it. Because well, that's yeah. really good stuff. <laughs> that 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 is very good stuff. And if you <laughs> if you have if you have tequila in your drink, that's probably going to help you if you are writing up a musical. And this week's cocktail definitely got well, definitely got Michaela into the musical spirits. But uh, myself too. I will probably refrain from singing, but I make no promises for you know the next half hour uh, with Michaela. So what are we mixing up this week, Michaela? It is called uh, the tick of the clock. And it comes from a really cool site called cocktailpartyapp.com. 
Mm-hmm. Um, found it, loved it, uh, really loved the ingredients of it because it's a little fancy, it's a little party. It's all the things that Jonathan Larson was. And it, uh, the ingredients are actually pretty simple. Um, it's an ounce and a half of Blanco tequila. Mm-hmm. It's an ounce of lime juice. Uh, fresh lime juice is always best, but do what you can, right? If you have an apartment like uh, the <laughs> one that we talk about in the in this week's movie, Tick, Tick, Boom, you know, just just try your best, okay? Um, just so an yeah, ounce right. of ginger syrup. <laughs> just do your best. Uh, an ounce of ginger syrup. Now, ginger syrup is made like simple syrup. It's just infused with some ginger. So mm-hmm. if you don't know... Um, this is what you do. So take some ginger, uh, probably about like one, like a, a root, because it's kind of a root, right? It's a root, maybe the size of your hand. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it. those are called, I think those are called like fingers that come off of it. So fingers? yeah, just like, okay. like one fingers worth just a couple inches yeah. worth of ginger probably. Yeah. yeah. And you want to, you, you want to learn from Michaela's mistake and you want to, um, peel it. <clears throat> peel That's it. Important. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peel it. And then you're going to slice it up um, and put it into your simple syrup mixture, which is equal parts sugar and water. Okay. So I, I used half a cup of each because I didn't need to make a ton of ginger syrup, mm-hmm. but you let it boil and I let it boil for about or simmer for about 30 minutes. And then I let it steep in there as it cooled. And then I went ahead and strained the ginger out of it. Mm-hmm. And it made the syrup kind of turn like a toffee, like a light toffee colored mm-hmm. uh, because of the ginger. And then you can store it in your fridge for up to a couple of weeks. It's really good. And everybody should try it. I felt real, real proud of myself for making fancy ginger syrup. Yeah, that's but right. You're yeah. going to need one ounce of that for this drink. And then a quarter ounce of Angostura bitters. For everybody that's not a bitters fan, this is not the drink for you perhaps, but it's a lot of bitters. So mm-hmm. um, just make sure it, it's not a shake or two, it's a quarter ounce. We seriously mean that. Yep. Yeah, it's it's quite a bit and it definitely, um, it kind of, I don't know, it almost like stains the cocktail into into like this reddish, reddish hue, but you really need that much bitters to kind of balance out the sweetness from from your ginger syrup and kind of that tequila sweetness that you get from the, the Blanco tequila. Um, so, so you definitely need the bitters there. Um, but yeah, you put those ingredients into your shaker tin, uh, shake that up and then strain it out into an ice filled, like short glass, like rocks glass. Uh, and then you garnish that with some fresh mint. So give that a slap to express the oils and, uh, you know, tuck that down in the side and, uh, sip and enjoy. Um, this is a very lovely cocktail. It looked, it looked really great. It's kind of, it's kind of like this pinkish reddish hue from that, you know, that copious amounts of bitters in there. Um, and yeah, it's, it's bitter. It's, it would be really good as like a, like an after dinner cocktail, I think, um, because of the kind of that, that bitter note, kind of like a digestive kind of a, kind of a thing going on. Yeah, for sure. I think, I really liked it. It was definitely a, a one that kind of grew on me. The first couple of sips, it's real bitter because of the bitters. But as the ice melts, it kind of evens out the taste. Um, and the Blanca tequila, you're going to want to pick something really nice and sippable here um, mm-hmm. as well. It, it 
it doesn't have to be super expensive, but it needs to be a decent tequila because you're going to taste a lot of that flavor profile. So if you're not going to, you know, if you're not, if you're drinking Bob's tequila, uh, maybe that's a real place. I don't, or a real, a real tequila. I don't know. But if it's coming, if it's something that you wouldn't put in a mixed drink, don't put it in this drink because you will regret it. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So use something nice, but definitely give this one a try, especially if you're a, a fan of tequila. Um, and it's always fun to find a good tequila cocktail. That's not like a margarita, uh, kind of thing, you know, something different. So, uh, this is, this is delicious and definitely try your hand at making some ginger syrup. Um, a little of that goes a long way and it's delicious and you can play around with that, you know, in uh, different cocktails and things too. So definitely give that a try, but we have these made up. Michaela, you have a song in your heart. We have tequila in our glass, and I think we better take a break so we can come back and chat about this week's film, Tick, Tick, Boom. This is the spoiler warning for Tick, Tick, Boom. If you have not watched Tick, Tick, Boom, then maybe you should stop and press pause and go watch it with this amazing tick of the clock drink that we just made. And mm-hmm, then you could mm-hmm. come back and we could talk about it or sing through it, whatever you want to do. Yeah. If, uh, if Michaela's singing has you intrigued and in seeing tick, tick, boom, <laughs> you should go do that. Um, and you can do that on Netflix. It just came out uh, this past year, 2021. It was directed by Lynn manuel Miranda and it stars Andrew Garfield as Jonathan Larson. Um, and this biopic about, uh, Jonathan's life, um, and it's it's really good. So this was based on a kind of a, a stage performance and a musical that Jonathan Larson was writing um, in the in the pre-rent days. If if you know of Jonathan Larson, you know him from Rent. But this was something that he did and kind of the the building blocks of how we got to Rent. So Michaela, let's let's get into into tick tick boom. Uh, keep your keep your singing to a minimum. That's okay. We we will have time to do some singing later. I will try, but. You know, at at the end, at the end of the day, we all turn 30 and Jonathan Larson is about to turn 30 and he's looking at his life and he's like, what have I accomplished so far? I've got a bunch of friends that are artists, but they're all kind of moving on. They've, they've kind of worked out that maybe, maybe this artist life is not for them. And he's at kind of this crossroads where he, he really wants to get this done in time before he turns 30. This is kind of like his one last shot to be a, a real and true artist before he has to give it up. And, and that's sad, but it, it's a lot of pressure coming in on him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He, you know, Jonathan felt uh, very much like uh, he kept comparing himself to Stephen Sondheim, uh, mm-hmm. who had, you know, done West Side Story when he was 27. And he's like, I'm never going to be that. And, and he has a girlfriend who he really likes, um, who was a dancer and who is amazing, but is, you know, thinking about getting a job somewhere else outside of the city. This is all taking place in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jonathan is, is like the working artist, right? So he works in a diner um, with a bunch of his friends and he writes music at night in this apartment that is absolutely awful. Um, and he's been spending eight years on this musical uh, called, I think it's called Disturbia and it's this alien planet thing. And, there's a lot of moving parts to it. And he's gotten some feedback that he needs one more song. He needs a song um, that is going to kind of tie it all together. And there's mm-hmm. a workshop. <clears throat> and for anybody that doesn't know how <laughs> plays get written. So it is a very common thing where people will 
put together a play or a musical and they'll grab a bunch of other actors and some musicians and some space and they'll do what they call a workshop. So they'll read through the script or they'll sing through it and play the songs just to see if there's any interest. And Mm -hmm. he's got one of these really great opportunities to do this performance in about a week. And he has to write this song. His girlfriend is like, should we move to outside of Manhattan? And he's like, I can't talk about this right now. His best friend uh, is named Michael. They've been friends forever. Michael was an amazing actor, right? He got a mm-hmm. great job uh, being uh, not an actor because he realized he was he wanted, he didn't want to starve for the rest of his life. So he's now you know, making mad cash and has a really nice appointment on the uh, apartment on the Upper West Side. Mm-hmm. you know but Michael wants to talk to him about something and he's super distracted but this whole movie takes place in like a week and a half of time in Jonathan Larson's life mm-hmm. yeah it, it it's very much like a like a slice of life uh kind of a thing for Jonathan Larson right here so um like Michaela was saying it's you know his his girlfriend is there she's ready to leave to get out of the city his friend has kind of moved on. He's given up acting. He's taken on a really good job. Uh, he keeps, you know, encouraging Jonathan. He's like, I can also get you a really good job if you <laughs> want to do that. But, you know, Jonathan is, uh, his heart's, his heart's not in that. His heart is in writing this musical and yeah, he needs to come up with one more song kind of for this, this workshop thing, um, that's happening. So the bulk of the story is really just him kind of trying to wrap his head around, uh, life and, and getting this done. Um, you know, kind of overcoming roadblocks and things. And then kind of at the, you know, in the, in the background of all of this stuff, you know, between, between the musical and his, his girlfriend, his best friend moving on, you have um, the AIDS epidemic, which is starting to kind of come to the forefront, um, you know, very prevalent in like the musical scene, especially in um, like New York city. Um, and you see how that's starting to weigh on him and kind of influence the direction that he's going uh, with his music and how he's viewing his friends and his friendships and uh, his coworkers at the diner. Um, so it's, it's really just laying out this portrait of what it was like to be a starving artist in New York in the uh, early nineties. Yeah, for sure. And it's chronologically done. So it starts uh, kind of the week before his birthday and he's having a party at his house and they sing the, this is the life song. It's the Bohemian life song. It's one of my favorite um, Mm -hmm. ways in which they capture the music is, you know, it's not like a normal musical where they just automatically start breaking into song, ordering a cup of coffee or something, but they kind of do that at this party, which is Mm -hmm. super cool. And, you know, we get to meet all of the roommates that have been in this tiny apartment that literally doesn't have correct heating. There's a toilet, but it's in the closet. Uh, There's only a one shower and it's in the kitchen. I mean, it, it sounds like hell, but it also sounds really fun <laughs> the way that mm-hmm. they talk about it. It's one of my favorite um, scenes of the show. And Andrew Garfield does just an amazing job. He, you know, he's not super tall. I think that uh, Jonathan Larson actually was quite tall. Um, mm-hmm. And Andrew Garfield's only 5'8 or 5'9, I think. Um, but they do a great job of making him look kind of long and, and lean and lanky. And he's got this kind of floppy hair. And the way in which he like portrays the mannerisms, uh, or ma- mannerisms, that's not a word, mannerisms of <laughs> yep. 
Jonathan is fantastic. If you look at any of the old like archive footage, um, the way he plays the piano is really, I mean, it just, it's perfect. His depiction of how Jonathan Larson acted um, on the foot, from the footage that we're, we've been able to see has been pretty amazing. So that's one of my favorite scenes because you can see how much he loves his friends and how he's like, this isn't quite where I thought I was going to be. I thought I'd have a dog, a kid, a wife. And instead, you know, I've, <laughs> I'm in this place that has no heating. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it is, like you said, on one hand, especially like in that first scene, like it does look like, <laughs> it, it looks fun, right? You know, as, as Michaela, Hugh, me, uh, a lot of people are really artists at heart. Um, you know, we, we go more the path of the best friend where we eventually have to take a job and, <laughs> you know, get out and pay bills and <laughs> have food and, and things. But, but the party definitely, definitely looks fun. But you can also understand as, as you're growing up and, and maturing, you, you kind of see like this dead end ahead and you're trying to figure out if you can plow right through that or um, if you need to turn. But yeah, it just, it does such an amazing job of kind of looking in at him at this time. And it's kind of, it's really interesting the way that they tell the story. So it's, it's a musical about the creation of a musical, but interspliced with it is kind of this one man like like stage show kind of routine thing, uh, which was called Tick Tick Boom, which is where we get where we get the name from. But it it was so it's like layers upon layers. So Tick Tick Boom was like this like this one man stage show that Jonathan Larson did, where he talked about writing this musical. So this is a movie about writing the musical about the stage show about writing the musical. Uh, so it's it's really weird. Um, it, it's kind of hard to describe, but it, it makes a lot of sense the way because it's almost done as like a monologue by. Jonathan Larson, um, Andrew Garfield, like on stage and and doing these songs to talk about the process of, uh, you know, living this week, trying to get kind of this last song written in time for the musical workshop to go off. Right. Absolutely. And I love the depiction between him and his best friend. Now, Jonathan Larson's best friend uh, was named Matt O'Grady, um, but this character in Tick, Tick, Boom, his name is Michael. They've been friends for a really long time. Uh, Michael is gay. And um, he it, it has done, you know, what, what we did, Brian, he, he gave up the ghost and decided to go like, you know, live, live a normal, boring life. But he has central heating and he has Florida, Florida ceiling uh, windows on the upper uh, west side in this apartment that's amazing. And there's this great song uh, that they sing where they're like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we were roommates again? And if I got this really great job and no, you know, no more crappy apartment, um, that would be so awesome. You know, we'd have, uh, we'd have, you know, we'd be wearing tuxedos everywhere. We'd have like this amazing doorman who looks like uh, Captain yeah. Kangaroo, which is really cool. Um, and, <clears throat> but Michael keeps trying to tell Jonathan something and Jonathan just isn't really interested in hearing it. And you see mm -hmm. behind a lot of the scenes where um, Jonathan's riding his bike or he's walking, um, there's a lot of signs around uh, the AIDS virus. So this is taking place in 1990. So the AIDS virus is, had actually been around for about nine years, um, but it had only been really talked about for a much shorter amount of time, probably about four or mm -hmm. five. Um, you know, at that point, some 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 famous people had had started to come out saying that they uh, had and been affli were afflicted with AIDS and had died from AIDS, but it was still very much thought of as a disease that you only got if you were um, gay. And mm -hmm. there's even some really 
uh, upsetting uh, footage of politicians from that time that are basically saying, look, this is not a problem that anybody who's like a normal red-blooded American has to worry about. If you're not gay, you're going to be fine. Like this doesn't, this doesn't, this will not apply to you, which is totally not true and really angering (laughs) to watch. But it's, it's important that you understand, you know, at the outside, if you're watching this from the outside, that you understand that that very much was the rhetoric that, you know, the government in, was kind of putting in people's uh, ears, right? That this is, if you're not gay, this is not a problem for you. You're going to be fine, which is totally not true. So, mm-hmm. but because uh, the theater community has a lot of people from different walks of life. Um, It was affecting the arts community a lot because people were sick and dying. And so not only um, do they talk about it, but there actually is a friend who works at the diner who is sick and they don't know, you know, if he's going to get out of the hospital or not. And he was fine like four days ago and it's very scary Mm -hmm. and no one really knows. Um, And the whole time this week is happening you know, Jonathan is lost because he has to figure out this song. He cannot write it. He's been trying for days and days and days. He needs to go see his friend in the hospital. He needs to talk to his girlfriend about whether or not he's he's interested in taking this job with her or it, does that mean they're going to break up? And what does that mean for them, you know, forever? And he also needs to you know, get off his butt and finish writing the musical and all of these things. He needs to pay some bills. He needs to get a different job. He needs to, there's so many things that have to happen and Mm -hmm. it's really hard for him. Um, In the meantime, societally, he's like, we're not doing enough as a, as a world to combat this disease. And my best friends are like, all my friends are dying and this isn't okay. And, you know, he really comes to this amazing kind of question that mm-hmm. was it you know it's fear or love which do we choose which is amazing because that's the main theme that you end up getting from the entire musical of rent mm-hmm. um, that really depicts this life right yeah um and it's funny so if if you're like me when you first saw that this movie was out and it was a going to be about jonathan larson um you probably like me if you if you didn't read anything about it assumed it was about him making rent um and it's it's technically it's not about him making rent but it's 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 like all of the building blocks that he learned like <laughs> like in this one week of his life that went on like you can see all of the themes um from the musical rent like coming to fruition in this week when he's you know kind of backs up against the wall trying to get this get this thing done um i i really like in this film um the stuff with the actual workshop um and it's neat to, uh steven sondheim uh comes to the performance at the workshop which is really cool um he's played by bradley whitford who's who's awesome um he's one of those people that you recognize as being in like literally everything and they're always everything. really great um uh so he's amazing and i like that and apparently that's actually something um, that's true. Stephen Sondheim would go to like these workshops for like these young, like up and comers to give them advice because uh, he felt very fortunate that he was able to kind of strike it, uh, strike it so high at such a young age. And uh, he could, you know, be a good ear and, you know, help give a voice to to people and, uh, you know, be an inspiration for uh, these young, you know, uh, artists that were dreaming of uh, writing musicals and things like that. So uh, that's really cool. I, I really liked that that kind of stuff and kind of the the play and the banter with like the 
the people that were putting on the workshop, like, <laughs> hey, Jonathan, you can't have a full orchestra because you only have 12 people coming to the, <laughs> <laughs> right. your, your orchestra will be bigger than your audience. <laughs> so. Right. It's not going to work. Um, yeah. And I, I really love, there's so many great scenes that are kind of vignettes. Um, there's mm-hmm. a great scene of the Moonlight Diner, which is amazing. They talk about, so all of this stuff is happening. He, Jonathan's just found out his friend's in the hospital and isn't going to, you know, they don't know if he's going to make it out of the hospital, but uh, right in front of them, he also was their shift mate on this Sunday brunch. So there's two people running the diner on the front, on the front of the house. Um, and it's Sunday brunch in Manhattan. It's a madhouse, And it just looks like it's awful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they're both just scrambling, trying to get things done, trying to get people drinks, trying to get people food, trying to get paid, trying to get, and it's, turns into this musical number that is amazing. And if you look, there are people who were in the original Rent uh, cast that are now like legends. There's a bunch of legendary actors and actresses that show up and they're, they're just members of this Sunday brunch, right? They're asking for drinks. Um, you see the Skylar sisters from Hamilton, which is pretty cool. Uh, Lin-Manuel mm. Miranda is in the back screaming. He is like a chef. Uh, there's he's a, a, there's a, he's a dishwasher, little... I think. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He's screaming about how busy they are. It's so beautifully done because it then turns into this song. The set is amazing. This is, it's my favorite part uh, looking at the set because the diner actually like folds out and becomes this stage. It is so cool. And um, of course the music's great. And yeah, that's, it's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. The, the music is great. Um, now the, the music that was done for like the musical and for, um, you know, kind of this uh, stage to stage show, um, monologue kind of thing. Those were all written by Jonathan Larson. I don't know offhand, um, who um wrote kind of the the periphery stuff i don't know if those were taken from jonathan larson's like notes or other music that he'd written and they and they worked it out if if the whole thing was done by him um but definitely and you can definitely pick up um a lot of the same kind of musical cues um like it has a very very similar stylings if you know if you're like us and uh, listen to the rent soundtrack fourteen thousand times you know over the course of our life but <laughs> yeah I mean, you can definitely see where there are some songs that literally sound, they sound, I'm not a music genius, uh, I'm not an educated music person, so I'm probably going to sound kind of stupid here and I, forgive me, but mm-hmm. you can hear, it's very similar. Like there's a, like a lyrical similarity in not only the notes, <laughs> but in the instruments that they used that are very triggering. So when you hear this, you're like, oh, it almost sounds like this one song from Rent. And again, this isn't about Rent. This movie, you know, the musical that they're doing this workshop is called Disturbia and it's set in outer space, okay? So it's mm-hmm. it's not, if you're, if you're looking to rewatch like how Rent was made, this is not that film. But what it is, is just an amazing kind of, kind of swath of what was going on in that time and in that life during that week before Jonathan turned 30 in 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing <laughs> and sad yeah. and beautiful. It, it, it is amazing and sad and uh, beautiful. On a side note, if you are interested in learning more about the creation of Rent, if you happen to have 
the <laughs> rent movie on DVD, or I don't know if you're able to find it online somewhere, but um, it has a documentary about Jonathan Larson and kind of his life and, um, you know, leading up to the creation of Rent and uh, his passing away there. But, um, but yeah, back to this one, Andrew Garfield looks exactly like Jonathan Larson. It's crazy. Um, and he is, he is so amazing. Um, like we said, we'd, we'd pick this because of some Oscar buzz. It's, it's getting a little bit of buzz for best picture. I don't, th- I don't think that that's in the cards for it, but Andrew Garfield as best actor, uh, I think it's definitely a real possibility because he is amazing. He's so good. Yeah. If he doesn't get nominated, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a moment because he, he at least deserves to be nominated. He is so epically amazing in this. And it's unlike so many other things that he's done. I mean, you know, he's done Spider-Man. He's done a, you know, he's done a lot of other stuff. I don't even think he's ever done a musical before, maybe Mm -hmm. in off, like um, off camera, he's done theater um, stuff before, but this is just amazing. And the way, I don't know if he played piano. I think he actually had to take lessons for about four or five months before shooting. So I don't Mm. even think that's the case, but it looks so seamless and just, he's just so great at it. And not only him, everybody in this cast is really good. Um, Mm. Susan, who plays his, his, his girlfriend, she's amazing. Um, they've got her name is Alexandra ship. Yeah. Yes. She's awesome. She, they've got this great chemistry. You really want them to figure it out. (laughs) They know that it's not working. And that's one of the ultimate questions, right. In this, at the end, this crescendo kind of song where he talks about, is it, you know, is it love or fear? How are we going to choose to live our lives? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, why, why can't we figure this out? Why can't we make it work? And if it's, if you know, it's not going to work, why do we continue to try because we just don't want to, is it because we don't want to be alone or do we really love that other person? Like, oh, they're, mm. they're just amazing. It's so great. Yeah, she's excellent. Um, Robin to Jesus, Jesus, um, who plays Michael, his friend is excellent. Um, and kind of the the whole gang there at the diner. Um, it's kind of anchored uh, by MJ Rodriguez, uh, who's playing his friend, Carolyn. She is uh, probably most notable for being in Pose, which is excellent. You should also go check that out. I think it's on FX, um, so you can uh, fire up Hulu and watch that. But but yeah, kind of this whole like ensemble cast in behind Andrew Garfield really do a good job of uh, setting setting kind of the tone for what was what was going on there. Because uh, I mean, it's as much of it is kind of a a dive into his psyche for the week um it's it's really kind of about that background and uh building that setting up for him uh which i think is is really great and something else that is like mind-blowingly great this was directed by lin-manuel miranda uh now he did direct some i don't as far as like it's like a student film or something i think like in 1996 uh, but this is like his directorial debut for like a real big time movie and how amazing is that for this to be your yeah. your first shot at this and you're he's not he's not even a director he's like a he's like a music guy musical guy stage show guy choreography guy but now yeah. he's apparently now he's apparently a director so Lin-Manuel yeah. can do no wrong this year no yeah. wrong at all no I mean I, I he has just been non-stop right for like 10 years now since two th- well more than that 2008 he, he is, is, he when is he literally Alexander Hamiltoning this the man is non-stop <laughs> the man is non-stop that's right and I think what was really also what I heard about this and looking um and doing some research about how this film was put together is he really impressed 
the Larson family. And that's why they let him kind of use um, not only actual props, but I say props, actual fixtures of Jonathan Larson's life that they either mm-hmm. recreated for the sake of the film um, <clears throat> or, uh, you know, had he was able to go to the Smithsonian and look at records and look at other things that Jonathan Larson had produced because, you know, what's really if you and, and they talk about this in the first five minutes, so we're not spoiling anything. But Jonathan Larson never actually got to see the fruit of his labor when, uh, which was rent. He passed away um, very unexpectedly of like a brain aneurysm, and uh, the night before it was supposed to even go live. So he never got to see the full production. Um, mm-hmm. He never got to, you know, he didn't get to see the Tony. He didn't, you know, he didn't get to see the huge impact that it made. Um, and I think people held on to this story, the family held on to the story because they wanted it to be done right and they wanted it to be something more um, mm-hmm. meaningful. And I mean, if anybody could do that, Lynn manuel Miranda has, I think has succeeded in that. And that's, it's such an amazing perspective of how this came to be. And this, like I get, like I said, this watch of a week and a half of someone's life and the impact that it may ultimately made on so many others for years and years and years to come yeah yeah exactly it's it's really important i think to to get the story because i think i think rent just uh i you went and saw it i believe is it's uh i think the 25th year um and it is i think 25th year and i think it's it's just about kind of exposing these stories to like a next generation of people who you know didn't grow up with it i mean rent was if if you're into music and musical theater like at all um and you're our age then you definitely knew rent because it it like exploded um it kind of you know changed the way that you know people thought of what a musical could be um and it was amazing and it's amazing to to get his story out there to shed some light on his genius and uh what he really brought to the world um through you know, just just a message about uh, him and his friends and and the life that they lived, um, I think was was very special and definitely very special for that uh, time and place. So, uh, Michaela, this is on this is on Netflix. So you got to watch it at home. Uh, were you looking forward to this? Was this flying under your radar? This came out and you're like, "What is this? I need to watch it immediately." Or uh, what what was your uh, intro to uh, Tick Tick Boom? So I knew when it came out, I would definitely need to watch it. I think I waited a little bit because it's one of those things. I, I'm in a very, as, as everybody in this podcast listening group should know, I'm a very emotional person. And so I knew that it was going fact, to be fact. just a cry, a cry fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to cry a lot. Um, Rent was really important to me in when it came out. My, uh, my very first love and my, my oldest friend, he uh, wa- is gay and he was not out uh, in the late 90s. And his way of uh, kind of finding out uh, when he met uh, someone that he thought might be gay and might be interested in hanging out. Have you seen Rent? So it's very different time now. We have a lot, you know, you almost don't think of someone as coming out because people are doing it sooner because they're feeling more comfortable and more safe. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're not, you're not hearing that someone's 35 and has quote unquote come out of the closet, right? That's not that, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it, it's so much different. It's a, a much better time now and it's still really hard. Um, but I, I think that 
I knew that I was going to have to see it, but I knew that it was also going to touch, even if it doesn't talk about rent directly, it was going to talk about that time that was Mm -hmm. very hard um, for a lot of people. And if you're our age, you know, this was a very, I mean, we were in our late teen years is a very impactful time to be hearing not only this music and the way this musical was created, but the way that the sets were and the the way you thought about like quote unquote bohemian life. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it didn't matter that you didn't have anything because you had love and this very romantic view of like friendship and, you know, art in general. Um, so I knew I was going to love it. Um, but I also knew it was going to probably rip my heart out and it did all those things and it was amazing. So what about you, B? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, yeah, so I, I'd i heard about this and I saw it like on the on the Netflix like splash screen there and that Andrew Garfield was in it, but I didn't really pay too much attention to what it was or what it was about. Um, and then I started hearing uh, just everyone just gushing over how great um, Andrew Garfield wasn't it so I was like okay well, I need to I need to watch that and then you know learned what the the actual like subject matter of it was and uh like you you know very very interested in um this man and his legacy so I uh, definitely wanted to get in and check it out um I mentioned earlier um uh, in the in the show here that um if you were anything like me you probably just just kind of put your blinders on and assumed it was about him uh, making rent and uh it's it's not about that and it is about that at the same time um so i i found that very fascinating um it would have been very easy to just have done a biopic about him making rent um so i really like the the direction that this went and it kind of it shed a a different and more kind of personal light on jonathan larson i think than than doing um you know, really just, just going into, into his uh, rent days there. So uh, definitely, definitely liked it and definitely have high hopes for uh, Mr. Garfield to get nominated, get shown some love. I think that would be great for everyone. And we'll find out uh, next week when those Oscar nominations drop. So let us know at home if you watched Tick, Tick, Boom, or if you're planning on watching Tick, Tick, Boom, where Rent sits in your list of favorite musicals of all time and what you thought about this movie. Let us know that. And if you decide to watch it and have a tick of the clock um, and sing a song like Michaela, uh, definitely let us know that too, because it is a fancy drink. Uh, we want to see pictures. We want you know feedback. We want all of that good stuff on our Instagram and Twitter. We can be found at Drink the Movies and on Facebook.com slash Drink Movies. Uh, you can go to our website, see pictures of our Tick of the Clock and get episode recaps, all that stuff. Keep an eye on the website because we'll have Oscar stuff going on there. Uh, you know, probably in the next couple of weeks once the announcements come out. So uh, keep an eye there. And that is www.drinkthemovies.com. And, you know, after, after you've watched this, after you've sang through the soundtrack eight or nine, 10 times, you want to make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and you definitely want to leave us a review because uh, reviews help us out a lot. So Michaela, where do they need to go to that? You can all find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere where Anchor Podcasts are distributed. We have two drops a week. So we do a lobby bar, which is talking about what's going on today uh, in movies and uh, box office stuff. And we always do a real fun cocktail then. Uh, And then our normal episodes uh, drop on Thursdays where we talk about 
uh, do a bit of a deep dive into a movie that we love and a cocktail that has inspired it. So if you like what you're hearing, leave us a subscription or and, and leave us a review because we'd love to hear uh, more about what you're loving, uh, suggestions for new movies that are coming out, suggestions for cocktails to drink. We love that. So that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. So thank you everyone for joining us this week for Tick, Tick, Boom. But uh, Michaela, I, ha I have a feeling you're about ready to start singing again. So I'm going to go ahead and grab myself another tick of the clock and get out of here before that happens. So that's probably wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably wise, probably wise. And I suggest everyone listening at home does the same, but make sure you join us next time on Drink, Drink the, the movies. movies. This is the life, bo 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 bo. Bohemia.